This is Sarike Ogumbawale, and you're listening to The Soaring Wings Show. Hey, hey, thank you for tuning in to The Soaring Wings Show on the W Insider Network. I am Ari Graham at WNBA Love on Twitter and at WNBA underscore love on Instagram. My co-host, Dorothy, had to sit this one out this week, but no worries. All is well. She'll be back next week. Make sure you guys are following her on Twitter and Instagram at Dorothy J. Gentry. She has all of the latest on the Dallas Wings and exclusive content with her writing with The Athletic. She's one of the best followers on WBA Twitter. So if you have not done it yet, make sure you guys are following her. Again, that's at Dorothy J. Gentry. Looking forward to your return next week, girl. So I start the show off with some bittersweet news. The Dallas Wings have officially been eliminated from playoff contention. I know, I know it's not that surprising given how the season has gone, but it just makes it official that the regular season and the Dallas Wings season will be over in nine days on September 8th. It's just, it just feels too soon, like it's too early, but a lot would have had to happen for the Dallas Wings to be in the playoffs. They would have had to win the rest of their games against a very tough remaining schedule while hoping Phoenix would lose the rest of their games as well. But with the return of DT, that was unlikely to happen. Now it's official. I say the news is bittersweet just because of the performance that the team put on in Chicago on Thursday night. It was a tough game for the Sky. The Wings were able to get their second road win of the season, 88-83. Once again, the team was led by Rookie of the Year candidate, Arike Agumbawale. Look, I don't know what else she has to do to prove that she is, in fact, the Rookie of the Year. But against the Sky, she tied her career high with 35 points. She had also had six assists in that game. She grabbed five boards. She had one steal and zero turnovers okay listen no disrespect to all of the other outstanding rookies like Tara McCowan had a monster game the other night like we already know what Nafisa's Collier has been doing and providing for the Minnesota Lynx and how she's contributed to them clinching their playoff berth there has even been MVP talk in regards to Nafisa Collier. I mean, I understand what she's done. She's first in minutes played overall in the league. So she's always on the floor, making a difference, doing whatever she can to help the Lynx. Uh, she's tied, currently tied for second in steals. She is top 15 in block shots and rebounds. Like, it's not going unnoticed, but it's just different with Arike. Nafisa Collier is not carrying a team on her back. Rika Agumbawale is. She's leading while learning a brand new position. Nafisa Collier is fine-tuning the skills that she already had to be ready at the pro level, and she's been doing that. She's been hanging around. She's been doing a great job, but she's not doing what Arike is doing in Dallas or what she's having to do in Dallas. Take a listen to what Coach Agler had to say about how her opponents are showing her the ultimate sign of respect. 
Well, I, he, as a player, you don't like it as a player, but it's the ultimate show of respect from your opponents. When you get double teamed, when you get trapped, because they value your ability to do things with the basketball. So, uh, as difficult as it is at times, um, in a bigger picture, if you're just evaluating her and you come in and watch a game and, you know, uh, she, the ball gets in her hands and then now all of a sudden two people are on her, you, if you're a, a you know, so sort of a neutral bystander or neutral fan, you're saying she must be really good if at the highest level they're sending two defenders at her. You know, I, that's... That rarely happens in this league. You know, I can, I can, I know it happened with Dinah Trossi for a while there when she was just, you know, um, playing at, at her highest level. It's happened with one or two other players where you just got to do everything you can to just make them give it up. And so there's not a better compliment in competition that you can give to a player when you play them like that. Now, Devin Booker doesn't like it pickup games. But, you know, I can't help him there. I, I would say to him, you know, if you, if you get double teamed in the games, this is good practice for you too. So, um, and it, and she's getting better, you know, getting rid of it quickly. And, you know, we got to all, all across the board get better as a team. Coach has been advocating for Arike for the entire season. It's been clear that she has been given the green light, you know, after the All-Star break. We've seen her really emerge um, as a front runner in the in the race. I really don't I really think that it, it is going to be a tough decision to those that are making it. But Arike is going to get my vote. I mean, in that matchup against the Lynx. When everything was head to head, I was like, oh, man, do we need to concede this? Just seeing, you know, how well Collier did and how she was able to shine against the wings. But after the performance against the sky, it's just, you know, every time you see each of them play, it's like, oh, no, it's Collier. Oh, no, it's Ogunbowale. But it's just it's just Ogunbowale. I know people are saying, yeah, but the Lynx have lost the core of their team. Well, Every team has been dealing with injuries, and the Wings are no different. They've been riddled with injuries. And the Minnesota Lynx still have Sylvia Fowles. They still have a good centerpiece to branch from. You have experience with Odyssey Sims. You still have Cheryl Reeve as a great coach, you know, someone that knows her system, that knows how to work her system, that knows how to instill her system with these players. I mean, Agler is starting with a different roster than he thought he would have when he took the job. And he's been just laying the groundwork, laying a foundation. You know, different players have been coming in and out due to injuries or suspensions or whatever, and they have just been trying to get it all together. It's it's just a tougher situation that Arike is in, and she's shining, and she's leading. She's now fifth in scoring. I don't know what the debate really is anymore and I don't want to talk about the record it's been a rough road for the wings and I know that the Lynx are playoff bound congratulations but what does being on a playoff team have to do with it three of the last five rookie of the year winners missed the playoffs 
dating back to Cheney in 2014, Jewel Lloyd 2015, missed the playoffs. The only two that made it were Brianna Stewart and Alicia Gray, and they both ended up getting knocked out in the first round. And then Asia Wilson last year with the Aces. I mean, a little bit of controversy there with the whole playing situation, and you know, Dallas Wings were able to get that final spot in the final game of the season. But what does one have to do with the other? Arike Agumbuwale is Rookie of the Year. She is the second rookie to score 35-5-5 twice. She's the only one to do it twice. She's second joining Candace Parker. You know, she's reached 500 points in her career while learning to play point guard, learning when to distribute the ball. All the while, teams are game planning for her, trying to double team her, doing whatever they can to stop her. But there wasn't anything that the sky were throwing at her that was slowing her down. And then Coach Agler had been calling for more players to step up. There was only eight players available for the game against the sky due to injury. Amani McGee Stafford and Kayla Thornton were both out with ankle injuries. Only eight traveled with the team and half of them were in double digits. Isabel Harrison messed around and got her third double-double of the season with 18 points and 12 rebounds. Alicia Gray, 16 points, six boards. Gloria Johnson added another 10 points. Like, it was a team effort that was necessary in order for them to get this second road one of the season. It's games like this that will wake up those playoff-bound teams. In any of the teams in the bottom of the standings that have been eliminated from playoff contention should not be taken lightly, especially the Dallas Wings. The team has been riddled with injuries, but they are still a tough matchup. They are still very good defensively. Like they threw Chicago off of their game. They their offense wasn't as free flowing. They were getting beat on the boards and the wings are gonna be a trap game for the remainder of their schedule. Speaking of the remainder of their schedule, the Dallas Wings are down to their last four games. Next up are the Washington Mystics. They have a then the Wings have a chance to mix things up in the top of the playoff picture when they have their second to last home game, Noche Latina. I really have enjoyed all of the theme nights that the Dallas Wings have had this season. I really appreciate the fact that they also have taken the time to recognize different groups and, you know, offer different services and then the auctions. And it's just been a really fun season. Still waiting on that bobblehead night, though. But all the theme nights and the representation and, and broadening the fan base, it's it's been really cool. So... The Mystics are up next, and then after that, they go on the road and face off against Connecticut. Now, at, at the standings as they are right now, the Washington Mystics are number one, and the Connecticut Sun are a game behind at number two. So the Wings have an opportunity. If they are able to get both of these wins, they're not going to be easy. Not saying that. The Wings are going to be able to walk over the top two teams just because suddenly, you know, they have nothing to play for or whatever. They still have plenty to play for. Mind you, some of these women are, you know, auditioning for other teams. We have no idea what the Dallas Wings are going to look like when everyone comes back from recovery. 
in the previous podcast, we went over exactly how much talent is signed up on the roster and the decisions that they're going to have to make. So it's not like the wings are just going to roll over and reel it in. They still have things to play for. They're still going to be working hard. They're still trying to build chemistry with each other before the season ends. They are still trying to get these reps in. They're still trying to learn Agler's system so they can have a leg up when it is time to try out again next season. Okay, so we have the Mystics who would like to create a little bit more breathing room from the Connecticut Sun who are just the game back. And then the Wings go on the road to face off against the Connecticut Sun. So there's an opportunity for both teams to actually accomplish what they need against the Wings. Both teams will be on a mission against the Wings, but the Wings will be on a mission as well. They will be on a mission to make a statement, to let everyone know what's coming. The playoff picture is really tight, and I'm kind of excited to see how teams will finish down the stretch and see what happens. I really like that Dallas has this test against two of the top teams in playoff contention. Let's say the playoffs were to start tomorrow as the standings are. Currently, at the time of recording, the Washington Mystics are number one. The Connecticut Sun are a game back. And number two, the Los Angeles Sparks are two games back from the Sun. At number three, a half game back from them are the Las Vegas Aces. The Chicago Sky are a, back, a game back from the Aces. And then two games back from the Sky at number six are the Minnesota Lynx. A half game back from them are Seattle, who are tied seventh and eighth with Seattle with the edge at seven right now. And then the Wings close out their season against Seattle. So, again, there's them having an effect on how this playoff pitcher will shape up. So if the playoffs started with the standings as they are, the Chicago Sky would host the Phoenix Mercury. They would be the team to get the Phoenix Mercury in a single elimination round. Now, after the game against Dallas, how they hosted them, the Mercury would be a much tougher team. You actually get a preview of it on September 1st. So be sure to check that out on League Pass. If there are no more shakeups in the standings, which there very possible will be, uh, you'll get to see this matchup of the Sky hosting the Mercury. It's going to be something. Uh, it's, it's really good to get a, a look at playoff teams facing off against each other like the Los Angeles Sparks and the Aces face off one more time on the 31st. Got a good weekend of basketball coming up. The Indiana Fever could spoil some things for the Minnesota Lynx. One thing that will be an advantage throughout the playoff picture would be hosting your playoff game. So it would be beneficial for the sky to maintain their position because either way they're going to be in a single elimination situation, but there's only one team that has a winning road record uh, for the entire season. And that is the Washington Mystics so far. It's been tough to win on the road. It's been especially tough for the Dallas wings only having two so far. Hopefully they can get two more or at least one more shock some people, but it's been hard to win on the road in the WNBA. So hosting in the playoffs would be an advantage that a team would want to have 
for certain. So five hosts eight and six hosts seven. Of those four seeds, the Phoenix Mercury has the toughest schedule. Their last three games are at home, but besides that matchup going on the road against the sky, they host the Seattle Storm on September 3rd, which will be on ESPN2. On September 6th, they host the Minnesota Lynx, and then they finish the season hosting the Las Vegas Aces. So it's going to be something. I I really do believe that the Phoenix Mercury are the scariest team in the playoff picture, especially sitting at number eight with those single elimination games, with them getting their groove back and with having Diana Taurasi back. Like they've been keeping their head above water all season and it's it's really going to be something to see how they finish the remainder of the season hosting these games and getting the opportunity to move up within the standings. Things are so tight that they could end up as high as six and being able to host their own game, being able to possibly host the Minnesota Lynx, who they would have faced uh, before the season is over. So having these games down the stretch, being able to host and finish the season strong and to make a statement with the X Factor on their side is really something that can carry the Mercury throughout these playoffs. They've done whatever they can to make sure that Diana Taurasi is back and healthy and she's getting a groove back in these last few games and there won't be as much travel involved. So it'll be a good look. They may find themselves in one of those hosting situations in the single elimination rounds which would be very beneficial especially with the fan base that they have and the playoff experience I mean they were just in the semifinals last year and I know that they were chomping at the bit to get back because they were so close to making it to the finals Uh, so the Mercury are just very scary and I think that if it were if playoffs were to start right now that they would win that matchup in Chicago if they were finishing at eight, but I don't think that they will. I can't wait to see it. With that being said, I'm not sure that anyone is a match for the Washington Mystics. They have been flowing and they are very deep. Ariel Powers put on a show the other night. I miss her in Dallas so much. Uh, but, you know, she's flourishing and, and adding depth to their team. And Deladon has been able to remain healthy. They've been balling without Christy Tolliver. And they still have this number one spot in their grasp. And they have an opportunity if they can wax the Dallas Wings. Not even wax them, but get past the Dallas Wings and not take the foot off the gas. And not have the Wings mess things up for them in this playoff picture. They'll see themselves automatically in the semis. One thing that I do worry about when that happens, the team will have an opportunity to rest up. But at the same time, does it change your momentum when you get that rest? Will there be some rust that you have to knock off after sitting through those buys? It's it's really interesting to see how uh, coaches are able to you know, make sure their players are getting enough work and staying fine-tuned and just getting ready. It was a good series last season. I know that, you know, 
with Elena going down in the finals, it was tough. But, you know, all of these teams are on a mission and the playoffs are going to be something special. And I'm really excited to see how it all ends up. I think the standings are going to look pretty different from what I just read off to you guys. But I can't wait to see it. It sucks that, you know, the wings are on the outside looking in. But like I've mentioned, they have an opportunity to shake things up at the top and the bottom. I would like to take a moment to thank you for listening to the Soaring Wings show on the WNsider Network. You can subscribe and download to wherever you listen to podcasts. I prefer the Apple Podcasts. That's where I listen. That's where I share. Uh, I am Ari Graham. You can follow me at WNBA Love on Twitter and at WNBA underscore love on Instagram. I also have a website, WNBALove.com. Please feel free to DM me if you'd like to share any of your stories. Uh, we have we also have an email address for the Soaring Wing Show. It's soaringwingshow at gmail.com. Is there anything that you'd like for us to talk about specifically? Any questions you have, just feel free to reach out. So I'm going over the playoff picture, but I want to go circle back to the wings. And because there's been some news with them, uh, I mentioned earlier that they only had eight players available to play in the game against Chicago, only eight traveled. The injury report prior to the game against Chicago read like a laundry list. You already know about Skylar Diggins-Smith working her way back. Taylor Hill, who's been out with a knee. Azaree Stevens, who has been out with a foot injury. She actually underwent a successful foot surgery. She said thanks to Dr. Adams and the team at Duke Ovulatory Surgery Center. She said she's thankful of the prayers and thoughts and words of encouragement and the road to recovery starts now her recovery time is actually six months so I'm looking forward to her return seeing what she can do in her second full season you know there was a lot to look forward to coming into this season uh, before the injury to the foot so I'm glad that the surgery was successful and I'm really looking forward to her return I actually got with Azaree a little earlier this season and spoke to her a quick second about how her recovery was going prior to the surgery and also how she has been getting a different perspective from the sidelines so it's a day-by-day process, so I'm just trying to focus on each day and, you know, stay focused, locked in, um, be involved with the team as much as I can, even though I'm not physically playing. That really helps me to just kind of forget about what I'm going through and just, you know, stay the course. I had an injury like this in a long time, so it's it's been kind of interesting just seeing the game from this perspective and being able to just kind of take in everything and just watch all that's going on. Her return is going to be major. But in addition to those three season-long misses, uh, the Wings were without Kayla Thornton and Amani McGee Stafford with ankle injuries. There's no timetable for when they will come back. I mean, there's only a few days left, only three game, four games left in the season. Uh, they might be able to work themselves back into it, but the Wings were granted a injury hardship. They were able to sign Carly Samuelson. She will be joining the team or be active for the first Mystics game on the 31st. It'll be interesting to see how the team will utilize her. She shot well from beyond the arc, 40%. 
the Dallas Wings are, are second to last in three-point percentage. So I'm sure she'll be able to help in that regard if, you know, teams allow her to get open or if something is schemed for her. You know, the injuries have given other players opportunities to step up and showcase their skills. Being one of 144 is not an easy thing to do. So the Wings still have a bit of adversity to deal with towards the end of their season. Uh, I'm sure they're looking to finish strong. With Kayla Thornton being out with the ankle injury, I'm not so sure that, I mean, she'll be on the all-defensive team, but I don't know if she will necessarily be like a top candidate. I will concede the defensive player of the year. It was really cool what the Dallas Wings did with the wallpaper Wednesday uh, with the Wings jam saying how Arike was rookie of the year and Kayla Thornton defensive player of the year. I mean, we'll see if she's able to make her way back and and try and give Natasha Howard a run for her money. But I feel like Howard is kind of has that place pretty much locked up. But the rookie of the year conversation is not over, and I'm sure it will continue until that final whistle blows at the end of the season. All right, so the Wings sign Carly Samuelson to her first seven day contract. There were a couple of other signings around the league. Actually, Kayla Alexander got her second seven-day contract with the Chicago Sky. Minnesota signed Bridget Carlton. And the biggest news of the signings, the Las Vegas Aces have signed Epiphany Prince. Prince is reunited with former teammate uh, Tamara Young and former coach Bill Lambeer. I mean, she is familiar with his system. So it'll be interesting to see how they utilize her, especially for this playoff run. It'll be good to have that guard experience there. So let's see if the Aces can kick things up a notch. The Aces have kind of stumbled at the wrong time, losing their last three games with a shocker against the Indiana Fever Uh, They have three games left to finish out the season. They're hosting the Sparks. They go on the road against Atlanta, and then they go on the road against Phoenix. Currently, at the time of recording, they have a 7-8 road record. So, again, that's when that hosting is going to come into play. It's crazy that they've lost three games, and they're only a half game back from Los Angeles, so that game on the 31st is going to be a key matchup as far as the playoff seating goes. In other news, the WNBPA formed its own super team of Board of Advocates. It is a group of advocates that will help push the objectives of the WNBPA. Some of the names that stood out were Stacey Abrams, Jerry Stackhouse, um, the quote from NECA was, as the first labor union to represent professional athletes, we're thrilled to announce our collaboration with the Board of Advocates. The WNBPA's rallying cry for us and working women around the world is bet on women, a message reinforced and embodied by each member of the board. So they're gearing up, guys. Like They're really trying to do what they can to make some change and make conditions better for the players. I you know, it's good that they have this group, that they have this super team, their own board of advocates. They're serious. I really appreciated how all of them came out and tweeted their support. Uh, Stacey Abrams 
Abram stuck out just because of how she highlighted the Atlanta dream specifically. But, you know, they're serious about changing these conditions. And I was listening to the interview from the new commissioner during the game in Chicago. You know, she's making her rounds around the league. And she was saying how the league is going to work to get more corporate sponsors and to broaden its fan base. It's kind of been like the same things that we've been hearing from past presidents and I'm just not sure that they will be able to make all of that happen in enough time to where we won't find ourselves in a lockout situation prior to the 2020 season. The commissioner was saying how the 2020 season would actually be a greater opportunity because of the Olympics and how Team USA has a chance to make even more history by winning their seventh gold medal. But it's like all of this stuff was supposed to, all of these changes are meant to take place prior to that season as the players have opted out of the CBA. They've drawn the line in the sand. So, you know, these next few months for the commissioner are going to be really important. There's a lot of issues that the league wants to try and fix, but mainly the, the travel and the pay. I mean, who is there possibly a correlation between the travel conditions and the injuries that are around that have played the league? I mean, there have been a lot of serious injuries and being cramped up on a plane, even though you have, you know, your stretches and your warm-ups and everything else that you do. I mean, being that tall and being cramped in that small space can't be good for these players. So I'm hoping, you know, with the Board of Advocates that they are able to accomplish, you know, what they want and get everything. And hopefully, you know, everyone just works together to improve the conditions for the players and then while also broadening the fan base. I'm re- Personally, we're really excited for the WNBA being added to 2K. I haven't played 2K in a number of years, but I'm willing to pick up the sticks again and, you know, go hard with the Dallas Wings. So it'll be interesting to see what the commissioner does and how things shake out prior to the 2020 season. Anyway, I want to thank you for riding with me this week. Dorothy will make her return next week. Make sure you are following her at Dorothy J. Gentry on Twitter and Instagram. I am Ari Graham. You can find me at WNBA Love on Twitter and at WNBA underscore love on Instagram. All right. See y'all next week. This is Arika Ogumbawale, and you're listening to The Soaring Wings Show.